your side, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Amen. All right. Three people tragically lost their lives and they found themselves at the gates of heaven. There was a Catholic, a Baptist, an Episcopalian. It's going to be one of those jokes, people. <laughs> and uh, Peter standing right there at the pearly gates. And he goes, uh, we've instituted a new policy and there's a pop quiz when you get, when you get here. And you got to get the question right. And uh, suspiciously, there was a big red button in front of Peter that all three of them were eyeing. Peter said, it's a simple pop quiz. Just got to answer one question, and it is, who is Jesus? Who's Jesus? And, um, you know, it's going to be no particular order here, but uh, uh, the Catholics said, okay, I've got this one. I've got this. Who is Jesus? Well, the church teaches... Peter hits the red button, trap door opens up, and poof, he's gone. And um, the Baptist is looking a little bit nervous, <laughs> so is Episcopalian. And uh, Peter said, all right, who's next? Who is Jesus? And the Baptist says, well, the Bible teaches, Peter hits the red button, opens the trap door, poof, he's gone. Because Episcopalian, looking real nervous. Peter says, who is Jesus? And Episcopalian says, well, Jesus is the Lord, the Messiah, the Son of God. Ding, 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 ding. The lights are blinking. The, the door stoats are open. And then the, Episcopalian, <laughs> then the Episcopalian says, but on the other hand, <laughs> I had no idea if that joke could work. <laughs> okay. For those of you who are new, that's a joke about how if you have five Episcopalians together, you're going to have seven different answers, okay? We agree on nothing um, and have lots of different ideas about lots of different things. Okay, but I thought it would be an interesting entry point and to talk about two very different views of religion that have been, along, uh, been around for a really long time. In fact, uh, the instance that uh, Jesus inherited the two major views, of course, there's lots of different um, uh, uh, tribes and groups, but the two big uh, uh, groups were the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And they had two very different ideas about what religion is supposed to be. So they both believed in the law and the prophets, the Torah, the Psalms, the prophets. Um, they took all those things and they had two very different interpretations. For the Sadducees, they believe that there's so many rules to follow, so many, so many uh, things about religion to understand that really only the priests were capable of doing it. And so religion for them only happened at the temple in Jerusalem, one place. And the only people who are really responsible for carrying out the religion were the people serving in the temple. Um, there was one job for everyone else, and um, just uh, think of the, if this sounds familiar to you, the job that everyone else had to do was to show up for the major feast and bring the sacrifices, aka the money. <laughs> uh, that, that was it for everybody else. It was just the priests who were going to be worshiping in the temple because the rules were so complicated and difficult that only a select few could really do it. 
The Pharisees took almost the opposite view, that it wasn't, it, of course the temple is very important, and the rules specifically about the temple were very important, but the Pharisees expanded the religion to everyone. Everyone had uh, some part to play. And that's why there were synagogues when uh, Jesus was alive. There was synagogues in the northern part of uh, Palestine, in Jesus' hometown, in Nazareth, and throughout Galilee, because each person was to show up to hear the word, and not just on the Sabbath, but throughout the whole week. There was lots of little duties um, to fulfill. Now, Jesus also had some criticisms of the Pharisees, and we're going to get to that because it's really important, especially in Peter's response that we'll hear in just a minute. But apropos of this season, um, our family, as a lot of families, how many of you all are preparing for the first day of school? Raise your hands. Awesome. How many have a new job or a new season of life that they're preparing for? All right, some hands. Um, our church, as so many of you all are doing, and the people on our staff are um, knee-deep in getting our program year ready to begin in just a short period of time. We've been thinking and talking a lot about what is our ministry for? All these things that we're doing. We have an environmental committee, a choir, our youth groups. We have stirring the waters, conversations about dismantling racism and uh, all these things that we're involved in. Our Wednesday night suppers, what are they for? Why are we doing this? This last year at our diocesan convention, Bishop Buddy, our bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Washington, asked that anytime we have a rite of initiation, that's R-I-T-E, a rite of initiation, confirmation and baptism, where we bring people into the church, that each person who's baptized or their parents or uh, each kid uh, or adult who's confirmed be able to answer this question. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? What's so great about the gospel today is that Jesus does not ask uh, the disciples to, the, to come up with the determinative last perfect answer. He asks them personally, who do you say that I am? Our church believes that we answer that question not just on Sunday mornings when we say the creed, uh, not just in Bible studies when we're talking about Jesus, we answer that question in every ministry that we have. We answer it by who we are. Who do you see that Jesus is? Not only do we answer it in our different ministries when we gather together and pray, talk with one another about our lives, we also believe, and this is the really tricky part where we um, are so close to the Pharisees, that we answer that question even at home, around the dinner table. 
trying to think of an example like this. And um, a member of my family who will go unnameless, unnamed, um, uh, recently confessed that this person was feeling a little bit nervous about the first day. They're going of school. They're going to a new school. And this person said, I'm feeling a little bit nervous about that. And um, who is Jesus? Our church believes that so personal and so intimate is that question that though I failed as a parent <laughs> in that moment to, to, to make the connection, that was a perfect time for me to lay my hand on that child's chest and to say, peace. I pray for peace for you. That when you breathe into your lungs, that the Holy Spirit is with you to give you courage and love and peace. We believe that you answer who is Jesus at the kitchen table that rushed five minutes right before school when what needs to happen right then is a simple prayer. Not the right words, okay? This is the biggest problem for Episcopalians. We're not looking for the right words here. Okay, Peter, this is, <clears throat> we're going to do art later today. If you're interested in art, um, Vicki is going to uh, convene a lunch at Guapo's at 12 o'clock. One thing that we love in this church is, is just think about the Bible as art for a second. Uh, in this passage, Jesus says, who do, you, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Messiah. Ding, ding, ding. That's the right answer. Jesus affirms it. You got it, Peter. Stick with it. The next story, read your Bibles, Episcopalians. The next story is um, Jesus trying to tell the disciples what it actually means to be the Messiah. And what it actually means to be the Messiah is that Jesus has to go to the cross and die and be resurrected. And when Peter hears that, he loses it. He pulls Jesus aside and says, you're scaring the normals, okay? Stop talking about being crucified. And Jesus calls Peter what? Satan. Okay, so in the span of about 20 verses, Peter goes from like the leader of the church to the Antichrist. Like, um, the, thinking about the Bible is art. They did that on purpose. It was not an accident. So, when you are asked, let me rephrase. We believe in our church that each one of you needs to be able to answer the question, who do you say Jesus is? Whether you are four years old or 94, it is a question for each of us to answer. That question will change and we will never have all the right words to answer it. Last thought. The Pharisees, where do they get it wrong? For Jesus and for Peter, they get the same problem wrong. 
When Jesus shows up to the synagogue, even though the Pharisees says it's for everyone, Jesus noticed and criticizes most. Most of the stories in the first part of each of the Gospels is about Jesus criticizing the synagogues for saying that, the, the, that they are the house of God, and yet who's missing? The poor, the maimed, the sick, the outcasts. Jesus says, yes. God is for everyone, for each of us, for us to be, for the weight to be on our chest to say, who is Jesus? And also, we must create this community to be not just for the, the powerful, the people who think that they've got it all together, but for all people. Suffering, the outcast, that is the story of the cross. We are not just here for our own benefit and our own joy, but to share in the sufferings and the terror of life, the whole breadth and scope. So, as we go forward, we ask, I ask myself, who do you say that I am? Amen.